been uh, an exciting journey. Uh, five years have flown by very quickly. Uh, I remember uh, the first time I got a call uh, from Ron, my brother, regarding the uh, investment group of Touchdown Jacksonville that was pursuing uh, one of the two NFL expansion franchises. That uh, It was sometime in uh, late July, early August that uh, Ron called me and, and said, ask if I would be interested uh, in investing with him as a limited partner with this group uh, that we're trying to bring a NFL team to Jacksonville. And uh, my first reaction was that NFL in Jacksonville, are you kidding? Uh, but obviously uh, emotions escalate as you get involved. And over the coming weeks, uh, we had many conversations and uh, decided that we would invest uh, as limited partners. Uh, and I, th I believe this occurred uh, sometime uh, very late September or maybe the uh, first week of October. Of, uh, after that, uh, as time went on, and obviously I got more involved in uh, in the business uh, proposals, and understood that uh, Jacksonville indeed was a city that would be a viable NFL market, that I got very excited about uh, my participation uh, as a limited partner with Touchdown Jacksonville. As time went on, it became apparent that uh, that Tom Petway was encouraging me to uh, step up and uh, become the general partner of the group and uh, try to lead this process to uh, to get to bring NFL to Jacksonville. And, and uh, again, uh, I was reluctant, but uh, the more I thought about it, and the more I thought that uh, that we we had a, a real opportunity to uh, bring the NFL to Jacksonville, I got I got very excited. And uh, and sometime in uh, March of uh, February, March of '93, uh, I did uh, agree to to become the uh, general partner. When I think back to the uh, lease negotiations uh, with the city at times they were very difficult uh, but I have to say that uh, uh, I think back on those times uh, both as a, a great learning experience and uh, being exposed to media that uh, that I had never been exposed to before is, is uh, both a, a frustrating and an exciting time and I, I, I believe that uh, one of my uh, fondest uh, memories is, is that uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, the negotiation process with Ed Austin. Uh, I thought Ed Austin, uh, the times that I met with him, was a uh, man of vision who, who really wanted to do the right thing for the city. And I honestly believe that uh, he doesn't get enough credit for his vision and his his uh, foresight of uh, finally uh, bringing this stadium lease together against a lot of odds. People were at that point were saying it was a giveaway by the city, 
and I now as we look back on it and we see stadiums around the country being built at 280 million dollars and over 300 million dollars and the city spent 124 million dollars on our on our facility here and it's one of the great facilities in the NFL it, it was a real bargain and, and and that's to Ed Austin's credit and his vision of of staying the course and understanding that uh, this was very important to Jacksonville and it would put Jacksonville on the map as a is a major uh, top-tier city. I would also tell you that uh, that when I think back to the uh, presentations that uh, that we made to the uh, NFL, I was flying in from Connecticut uh, meeting uh, uh, our partnership group uh, in the different cities and the one thing that sticks out in my mind, the one the one night uh, that we were preparing for the the meeting the next day, uh, I arrived uh, at the uh, location sometime uh, early evening. We went through the presentation. It was by 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock. Uh, I was not happy with the presentation, and I felt that uh, we had to redo it, but we had an 8 o'clock presentation the next morning. So I said to David Selden, uh, David, this is just not going to work. This is not me. So we sat down and redid the presentation. And I said, David, how are we going to get this redone and slide typed and everything? He said, don't worry about it. He left my room around 1230, showed up the next morning at 6 o'clock. The presentation was all typed, neat, ready to go. Uh, so th those, when you... You know, reminisce and think back on those those times. That it, it, uh, it was an exciting time, and it it, it was stimulating because uh, you were doing whatever you had to do to get something done. And uh, people were energized and excited about uh, uh, our chances of really uh, bringing the NFL to Jacksonville. When I uh, go back and and think about those presentations and think about the uh, extensive research and proposal that we put forward is it was it was really good uh, uh, our, our group uh, really put forth a uh, great presentation that that showed Jacksonville in, in, in a light that uh, uh, would we believe would be persuasive to uh, convince uh, the other NFL owners that that we truly were an NFL market even though we would be the second smallest market uh, in the NFL, uh, we we used uh, research to show that the uh, when the Jacksonville Bulls were in Jacksonville, that uh, that they outdrew every other World League team. That they averaged almost forty-five thousand fans per game. Uh, there's some NFL teams on some Sundays that don't have forty-five thousand people. So that was a very persuasive thing. Then I go back to think about other times that uh, that. Uh, that uh, I think that we really got the attention of the league owners is that in our final presentation, I, I think that uh, that went over well. And, and, and in spite of a, of, of a couple, we had uh, Ed Austin, uh, Carl Cannon, uh, and myself uh, making presentations to the league. And, and, uh, and in my, my presentation, I was supposed to... Uh, introduce uh, Ed Austin to the, to the next presentation 
uh, to go through a slide presentation. Instead, I introduced Carl Cannon, and David Selden was working the slide machine, didn't miss a beat, threw up Carl's slides, and no one in the room except me and David knew <laughs> that there was a mistake. And uh, it was a very effective presentation. So you, when you think back on those times, uh, it, 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 it's fun to, to uh, reminisce about them and, and, and uh, think about the, uh, the work and, you know, even the uh, goofs that, that were made that uh, you still were able to pull it off and, and, and make it work. Uh, I think about the uh, day that uh, when we were negotiating with the city, I'm jumping around a little bit, but uh, and uh, we made a presentation to the city council when we were struggling to get our lease done, and and uh, we uh, said to the city council that uh, that a uh, deferred vote would mean a no vote, and that we this was in. Uh, July 21st of 1993, that uh, we felt that uh, we had to have that approval so that we could move forward to sell tickets and, and uh, be prepared to uh, meet the uh, NFL's criteria and deadlines on selling our club seats. And the uh, City Council on the evening, at that evening meeting on, on July 21st, uh, uh, deferred the vote on the stadium, and we said then that we're out of here. That uh, we didn't feel we could be competitive if we couldn't get the kind of stadium that that uh, would be competitive with uh, Memphis and and uh, Baltimore and and St. Louis. So we said we're out of here. Then that was a real dark day because, as I say, we had been very excited about uh, our chances. We uh, had worked very hard at this point. We had uh, uh, made uh, substantial investments in, in in the process, so it was a it was a very difficult time. And, and uh, for the next uh, few days, I think uh, I left Jacksonville and 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 went to Colorado, uh, just kind of uh, lay back for a few 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 days, and and uh, I got back to. Uh, Connecticut and on a Sunday night <clears throat> I got a uh, call from uh, I believe Don Davis asking me uh, what it would take if I was willing to get back in uh, the process and I said no I don't think so. He said well, what would it take and uh, he said if I could get uh, uh, Carl Cannon to uh, get involved with this and, and, uh, and the mayor to uh, agree on something, uh, would, you, would you be willing to get back in? I said, well, I'd have to think about it. Then I got a call from Carl Cannon, and Carl Cannon asked me point blank, uh, would I be willing to get back in if I could get the lease I wanted? Uh, and uh, I said, there would be two conditions uh, to that. One is that uh, I'd have to uh, uh, agree to uh, meet with the mayor and, and that we would try to finalize a lease agreement uh, uh, outside of uh, the media and, and, and uh, a lot of, of, a lot of uh, attention. And if we could do that, uh, the one other condition is that 
we had already refunded money uh, on the club seats that we had sold at that point. And uh, I said that uh, I think that that uh, I would have to have the city uh, business leaders step up and manage our club seat drive because I felt that at that point uh, that we could not get it done. Uh, and I think that probably was the real turning point of uh, making Jacksonville uh, really a viable candidate uh, because Carl Cannon said, oh, I'll get back to you on that. He came back to me uh, uh, a few days later and said, uh, uh, we can get the lease that you want. Uh, I've arranged for you to, uh, to uh, meet with the mayor. Um, and I said, uh, fine. He said, uh, we can organize a, uh, the business leadership of Jacksonville to uh, undertake the uh, selling of the club seats. And at that point, uh, I arranged to uh, fly to Chicago. I'm sorry, I arranged to fly to uh, Washington, D.C., meet the mayor and meet with uh, Paul Tagliabue. Uh, and and uh, let them know that we were getting back in the process. Uh, I would, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around here too. <laughs> so the mayor and uh, and I met with uh, Paul Taglebu and advised him that uh, we indeed had our lease uh, uh, arrangement uh, back uh, on stream, that uh, that was going to get done and signed uh, in a timely manner, that, uh, that we wanted to be, uh, we wanted to get back in the expansion process, uh, which uh, Taglebu had encouraged us both uh, to do uh, prior to that. So uh, we were back. Uh, back in the, in the expansion race. Um, the next thing that took place, as I, as I said earlier, I think was the, the real uh, turning point that uh, uh, validated Jacksonville as a, as a serious candidate uh, uh, in this, this expansion race. And that was uh, when they organized, the business community organized NFL Now, and in 10 days uh, uh, they ran the uh, club seat drive and sold uh, all 10,000 of our club seats. And I think that certainly that caught the uh, eye of all the ownership. No one had ever sold that many tickets in that short a time in the history of, uh, of the NFL. And some people really get credit for that. I think it was uh, Byron Hodden that uh, Later told me that uh, that he was showering one morning and decided that uh, that that the bank was going to step up and, and buy 500 tickets to get this process started. And obviously, uh, once Byron did that, then the other business community followed, and and uh, before you knew it, it, it took a life its own, and and uh, and the 10 days. Uh, I believe it was over $75 million where the tickets sold because they were five- and seven-year commitments. Um, 
once that was done, uh, you know, we, we really felt that uh, that we had an outstanding chance to uh, be one of the very top contenders. Uh, uh, we made some final presentations, and then we uh, attended the uh, the league meeting in Chicago on October 26, when uh, the league was to award the two expansion franchises, and. Uh, that was also a dark day because uh, Carolina uh, was awarded a franchise and they put off awarding the uh, 30th franchise uh, as the commissioner stated for 30 days. Uh, I felt and, and I think uh, all of my partners felt that uh, this was a uh, stall tactic uh, by the NFL to give the St. Louis group which there was already a stadium in place there or on in, in the process of being built that was give, to give them a chance to uh, reorganize their ownership group and, and uh, become the uh, candidate that uh, would be awarded the 30th franchise. Uh, I was so upset with that that I went uh, I asked uh, for a meeting with the commissioner uh, the next morning and we met very early in the morning, like 7 o'clock, 7.30 the next morning. Uh, and I point blank said to the commissioner, if you're using us as a stalking horse, tell us now and let us go home. Because uh, we, we, we don't want to continue to make the kind of investments where we're, we're obviously having to uh, spend large amounts of money on uh, detailing and, and designing our stadium. And if we're not a, a serious candidate, then we want to know now. And the commissioner reassured me that we were a serious candidate and I accepted him at faith, that his word at face value that, that, that we truly were a serious candidate and we elected to uh, stay in and continue to uh, move forward with our stadium design and, and uh, stay in the process. On uh, November 30th, and I guess that was one of the great days uh, for two reasons. One, it's uh, November 30th, uh, 1962 is the day my son was born. And uh, November 30th, uh, 1993 is that uh, we were, Jacksonville was awarded the uh, 30th NFL franchise. But as I remember back to that day, it was a long day. Uh, we uh, were put up in, uh, in the in Chicago in this hotel room what we called is the holding pen and uh, we were there for a number of hours while the league uh, were debating and and voting on the 30th uh, franchise and they had told us earlier that uh, whoever was selected would uh, the uh, head of NFL security would come up and get them and bring them down with whoever they selected to come down uh, to uh, meet with the commissioner and, and uh, be introduced to the uh, ownership as the uh, 30th NFL franchise. Uh, so I remember sitting in that room uh, with all of our friends and, and partners and, and uh, pacing the halls for several hours and I remember uh, standing, looking out the window uh, in this Chicago 
hotel looking out this tower window over this green area near the airport and uh, turning and starting to walk back toward the room and I recognized coming toward me head of NFL security and I, I must say that uh, my heart almost stopped because I said I can't believe it we've got the team to myself and uh, my wife was Dolores was standing in the hallway down a few steps away and I ran and grabbed her and hugged her and gave her a kiss and said we, we, we've got the team now this was before the security guy even said a word to me and then I said to her go get uh, Mayor Austin uh, David Selden and Tom Petway and uh, we need to go with uh, this gentleman down to uh, to meet with the commissioner so obviously he had said to me by that time uh, you know come get get your group and come with me uh, to meet with the commissioner and uh, obviously on the way down we're all excited we're we're all uh, chattering and, and, and talking and uh, I said to uh, the head of NFL security this is great. We were the dark horse. No one ever expected us to get a franchise. And uh, he said to me, well, I didn't say that you were getting the franchise. I said I was coming, getting you to take you down to meet with the commissioner. And I looked around at uh, Tom Petway and Mayor Austin and David Selden, and I said, my God, what have we done? Because every, all of our friends and other partners now had rushed out and had gone downstairs and the word I said the words all over that we got a franchise what if we don't have this franchise and sure enough we get downstairs and they put us in a room next to the meeting room and we could hear voices in the meeting room and we could hear them calling a roll and we'd hear them say Arizona and Arizona would vote and, and, and I'm thinking to myself what's going on they're still voting on who's going to get the franchise maybe the commission is telling us called down to, to be courteous to tell us we didn't get it but we were you know one of the top finalists so we're, David and Tom and our are, and Ed are, are talking among ourselves in the room and David is trying to listen at the wall to hear what's going on <laughs> and, and Finally, Ed Austin comes over and he puts his arm around me and gives, gives me a big hug and he says, look, even if we don't get this franchise, you guys are great guys. And I tell you, my heart just was in my mouth because I'm thinking, what in the world have we done? The world thinks we've got this franchise. I guarantee there's been calls to Jacksonville already. And uh, so another five minutes go go by and they're calling rolls and voting on stuff and we don't know what they're doing and uh, finally the commissioner comes in and says congratulations Wayne you guys have, have been awarded the theory franchise and I guess by that time I was speechless um, but then they uh, brought us into the room and uh, introduced us to the uh, to the other membership and the one commitment that uh, I said to the uh, to the owners that uh, 
the decision you made here today, we're going to make you very proud of. And uh, I think we've lived up to that. Uh, you know, we've uh, had remarkable success. Uh, when I reminisce and think back to, uh, you know, the startup, you know, originally we, we we thought once we had the franchise, we had a lot of work to do and we had to do it real quickly that uh, we had small offices uh, over on uh, the South Bank uh, and that uh, now we had to start to staff up and, and plan for office space and uh, deal with stadium construction and all the things that... Uh, that we had to get really moving on quickly. Um, and I think the, probably the best decision that, that we made is that uh, I said, look, we're going to be living at the stadium because we're certainly uh, in charge of construction and, 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 and have to make sure that uh, this thing is done the way we want it and we, we're going to be constantly uh, uh, having to make decisions on the spot so why don't we, rather than lease an office space in some tower building downtown, why don't we just put some trailers out on the lot next to the stadium and create an office there? I think it'll be more convenient, more efficient, and more effective. And uh, that was that was brilliant because it really gave us a chance to bond as an organization. We were on top of one another. And we started out with uh, two trailers uh, right here on the site and ended up with 11 trailers uh, as we built our organization. And, and uh, it, it made people interact every day. It got people to, to really uh, um, buy in that, that we were all important, that uh, everyone uh, had a role and that uh, no one was more important than the other guy. We didn't have a hierarchy. It was everybody had a job to do and we, we came in touch and, and, uh, and interacted with each other every day. And I think that that really built a, an esprit de corps and a, and a camaraderie and a, a bonding of the organization. Uh, and there's so many fond memories of having to work out of that cramped space, and uh, uh, you know, it just uh, it, it really was uh, a special time of uh, getting to know people and and uh, uh, finding out uh, about uh, how people can interact in, in really cramped, uh, uncomfortable quarters. Uh, from that, we uh, obviously had to to uh, really think in terms of how we were going to staff up. It was just David Selden and myself and, and a couple of uh, people, administrative people, uh, at that time. Um, so the first project that we undertook was is to uh, go out and, and start uh, a serious uh, search for a head coach and uh, that was one of the priorities that we had to set for ourselves that, that we felt that uh, the more time that we had to build the football side of our operation the more effective we would be and uh, one of the things that we did is that 
is that we uh, tried to visit as many clubs as we could and uh, try to learn uh, best practices of those clubs, uh, but also talk to as many knowledgeable football people that uh, that we could to uh, get input in terms of uh, the kind of coach and how to set the organization up. I think one of the best days that we spent, we spent a, a Carmen Policy, was, uh, who was the president of the 49ers, who was kind enough to arrange uh, for us at the time to meet with uh, Bill Walsh. And uh, David and I spent a half a day with Bill Walsh just picking his brain and, and uh, talking to him about how in the world would you go about setting up a football organization? And uh, Bill was extremely helpful in, in terms of uh, uh, advising us in terms of how uh, the kind of coach he felt uh, was required to be successful in the NFL today. Uh, and I'll never forget one of his terms is that you want a, you want a guy that's uh, a football person, but smart enough to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. And that impressed me. It, 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 it told me that, that maybe my uh, vision of a football coach is not this rough, tough, uh, prototypical type that you may think of as a football coach, but uh, someone that uh, had uh, people skills, had great administrative skills, that was disciplined, the kinds of things that you would look for uh, with anyone that you wanted to uh, to hire to run a major business for you, and uh, so it, it it changed our whole outlook in in terms of thinking about uh, how we would go about uh, developing a uh, list of candidates, and uh, with that we we had uh, originally had talked about maybe hiring a general manager who would hire the coach. And the more we thought about what Walsh had told us and, and what uh, we had learned from other people as we talked, uh, that maybe uh, the general manager and the coach really was an outdated uh, position uh, in terms that uh, in some ways that they were adversarial, is that if you hire a general manager and he procures the players and the coach coaches the players is that the coach always has a uh, an out to say well he didn't give me the players I wanted or the general manager says that he didn't coach so we said that we're, we're going to go in a, in a little different direction and there were few clubs that were doing that uh, at the time is that we were going to give our coach total authority over football operations where that he would be totally accountable and have the final say on personnel. While we wouldn't let him negotiate salaries, uh, he would be the one that said, uh, I want this player, and then it would be up to us to go and get this player. And if if our budget, if we spent over our budget by X plus one, then we'd have X minus one on the next player. And the only way we would uh, go over their budget is if, if they could make a persuasive uh, argument of why we would have to go over that budget to uh, to procure more players, and I, I think that that really was the right decision. I think as we look back now, you've seen more and more clubs move to that uh, uh, general manager uh, 
uh, eliminating that general manager concept and, and giving uh, uh, the coach uh, both the head coach and general manager title. While we haven't done that here, uh, we've given Tom Coffin those authorities. Uh, you know, another thing that that stands out in in my mind that that really uh, I think bonded uh, us with the community, and and I have to give Dolores uh, credit uh, for her vision. Is that uh, she had said before we even got the team that one of the first things that we should do, and that we would do, would be to start a uh, foundation for at-risk uh, children and their families uh, and I think that uh, when when we got the franchise and, and uh, Dolores got involved right away to to uh, organize uh, a foundation and we were fortunate enough to uh, attract uh, Greg Gross who uh, Dolores and I had worked with through the Weaver Family Foundation uh, who is a Harvard uh, PhD in philanthropy to come down and uh, run the foundation uh, under Dolores' supervision and I think that was a brilliant idea because it really showed that showed the community that we were more than just about uh, Sunday afternoon Monday night football that we were we were really committed to be uh, uh, responsible corporate citizens in the community and that that we wanted to give back uh, we recognize the uh, major commitment the community had made to us and that this was a way of showing that we were going to start from uh, the very beginning to uh, get involved in the community and give back. I thought it made a lot of sense from the standpoint that uh, the mission of the foundation uh, served uh, the uh, community that most of our young players come from or a lot of our young players come from and uh, I just can't say enough about uh, the great work that uh, Greg and, and Dolores and the uh, foundation staff has done because I think it's been a model that uh, many NFL teams have really now started to follow. And that's not to say that uh, the teams haven't done great work in their communities because they have, but I don't think there's a, another team in the NFL that has the commitment uh, to uh, a community from the foundation standpoint that the Jaguars have. We have uh, a five, five people full-time staff uh, that uh, that's their only function in the, in, in the organization is to, uh, to uh, serve at-risk children and their families and uh, with in-kind support and other ways of leveraging uh, uh, whatever we do in the, in the community with other, other agencies. Uh, the foundation doesn't fundraise and compete for uh, dollars uh, with any other uh, against any other agency. It's all funded through the Jaguars, uh, and so that we felt that uh, that would be a strong statement to the other agencies in the in the community that that uh, we weren't threatening in any way that we were going to take funding away from them, and that uh, we could get their full support and cooperation. And there's been a number of, uh, you know, just great programs that have come out of this. Uh, the honor rows where uh, you see every Sunday uh, are 
in, in our games, uh, four to five hundred kids in yellow shirts. Uh, uh, the great thing about that program is that the kids have to earn their seats. They have to earn a right to be there. It's a it's a program for nine to sixteen year old kids that uh, that come from these at risk uh, communities, and uh, they have to earn these seats by doing something from an academic uh, improvement of their grades, uh, a behavioral uh, attendance at school, uh, some kind of civic program. Uh, social service programs and uh, so it's a nine week program so these kids really have to earn their seat and and it's it's really rewarding to see uh, and every every uh, Sunday afternoon on game day that uh, these young people sitting up in the stands that uh, have worked very hard to uh, get a seat at the game and you hope that uh, that these experiences are making a difference in their lives, and we, and we really, really believe that they are. It's teaching these kids responsibility. You know, uh, I'm I'm proud of our organization in in so many ways. You know, we uh, I think uh, while we've had remarkable success uh, on the field, uh, I think we we've had uh, just as remarkable success. Uh, uh, in the organization, our people are out in the schools. They're out uh, uh, in business and in, in, in community doing civic uh, community work. Uh, uh, our people and our players uh, probably make uh, as many as several hundred uh, appearances over the course of uh, of the year. Uh, maybe maybe up into the several thousand appearances between our entire organization of of speaking to rotary groups uh, going to schools going to the hospitals uh, visiting some of the uh, retirement homes in any way that we can we can uh, make a difference in the community and and uh, that that really is important i think uh, uh, to uh, a community to have uh, uh, an organization committed to uh, to get involved and, and, and give back and, and certainly that's uh, been something that we've encouraged all of our people from our senior executives to our secretaries to, to do uh, let's just skip quickly now to the inaugural season and just a few quick memories there uh you know, uh, playing in the uh, playing against uh, the Carolina Panthers in the Hall of Fame game uh, was 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 really a unique thing because it was the two new franchises who had built their teams and for the first time were uh, competing on on the field and. Uh, uh, obviously, it was the first time that uh, we saw our guys in full uniform uh, on a bright sunny day uh, take the field, uh, and it was just an electric moment when when they came out in in their uniforms, and uh, and it was a beautiful, perfect day. And you just can't imagine the emotion of uh, that first moment, uh, just just watching that and watching the guys uh, warm up and practice and 
and then the game starts and you're, you you uh, I've been a football fan all my life but I've never felt the emotion that I felt that day that uh, that was you lived every play with the players uh, and uh, later uh, Dolores said to me is it always going to be this way I'm exhausted after the game and, and our guys uh, it was a great game and, and uh, you know it came down to the last play of the game uh, and I mean it was just so emotional that Dolores uh, looked at me after the game and said is is it always going to be this way I'm emotionally exhausted and uh, little do we know that it was going to be that way every game is the same way but uh, you know it was it was it was unbelievable then uh, you know I'll, I'll uh, go back and, and regress for a moment and, and uh, think about uh, how the team was built and, and uh, getting involved uh, only uh, from an observer point of view because my role has not been in, in uh, trying to make football decisions but uh, run the business side of the operation uh, and think about uh, when we were preparing for the draft and, and uh, the expansion draft where we uh, uh, Selected uh, 31 players uh, from the other NFL teams, uh, and uh, we selected uh, uh, Steve Berline, who uh, was going to be our quarterback, uh, uh, Desmond Howard, who was a former uh, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Dave Thomas, who is still with our team, and uh, Brad Poirier who uh, is, is still with our team uh, but it was obviously a, a group of uh, players that uh, that were rejects from the other teams but somehow uh, Tom Coughlin had done his homework and, and patched together a, a group of people that uh, that we could feel a, a reasonably uh, competitive football team and on uh, April 21st, right before the uh, college draft, uh, Tom came to me and said that he wanted to uh, make a trade for Mark Brunel uh, as uh, maybe the future quarterback of our franchise and that, uh, that we... Uh, from Green Bay and that uh, he felt that uh, this young man uh, could come in and be a backup to Steve Berline but would be the future of our franchise um, and Philadelphia had almost made the uh, deal with Brunel but somehow Tom was able to pull that off the day, two days before the draft I guess it was or the day before the draft in fact and and uh, trade with Green Bay for a uh, draft pick to get Mark Brunel um, and obviously uh, that's turned out to be uh, one of the brilliant decisions that uh, that uh, this franchise has been able to to make and, and uh, we certainly have one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL in Mark Brunel then uh, 
we immediately following that on April 22nd and 23rd uh, was the first uh, of 1995 was the uh, first uh, college draft and we selected uh, Tony Baselli as our, our first uh, draft choice uh, and obviously uh, history records that Tony Baselli is now the most respected uh, left tackle in the NFL. So, uh, again, Tom showed his skills at evaluating talent and, and uh, making great choices uh, on the kind of players that we selected. We elected uh, that first year to uh, go to training camp. Tom felt that, that we... Uh, uh, needed to uh, train it felt it was it was the weather was too uh, hot in Jacksonville that uh, uh, we needed to be in a more isolated uh, environment uh, uh, to train in an environment that uh, was not uh, the weather would not be so uh, uh, hot that it would you know keep uh, keep us from having the, the most effective and efficient practices. Uh, so on uh, July the 8th, uh, 1995, we all packed up and went to open camp at uh, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And it turned out to be that it was 105 degrees almost every day that we were there. So I said to Tom, we could stay home and get this kind of weather and it would be a lot more easy a lot, lot more efficient and, and it would give our fans a chance to uh, to uh, uh, bond with the team and enjoy coming out and watching our preseason practices and, and our training camp practices so uh, after that experience at uh, Stevens Point and the weather we uh, found there we, we decided that uh, we would uh, come back to Jacksonville the next year uh, our uh, opening game those of us those of you that uh, attended that game uh, it has to be uh, indelibly uh, printed in your mind because we put on a wonderful uh, pre-game show uh and when they uh, did the uh, national anthem and they had to fly over, uh, I mean, it's going to chill up everybody's spine. Uh, and I, I probably wouldn't have dry in the stadium. And then uh, a wonderful halftime show with the uh, American flag. Uh, it, was, it was spectacular. Uh, we played the uh, Houston Oilers, so uh, that was a that was a day that uh, I'll just never forget. It was it was uh, uh, unfortunately we lost the game, but uh, it, it was a it was a special time for for both uh, our franchise and our city. Um, and I think really uh, put Jacksonville. As we started to get television coverage and uh, national recognition uh, around the country, it just uh, it just built the esteem and, and the self-esteem of, of uh, 
every every person in Jacksonville. It, it gave them something, uh, a common uh, goal to rally rally behind. Uh, it was a it was kind of a catalyst. It was not uh, uh, like uh, this part of the community is uh, Gator fans, and this part of the community is uh, FSU fans or Georgia fans or Georgia Tech fans or whatever. It was that. Uh, Everybody was a Jaguar fan, and uh, then to fast forward, uh, uh, I, I guess uh, the next all the games that first year obviously uh, uh, were special, and and when you reminisce and, and remember, but I guess the uh, uh, the game that uh, the next game that really stands out is uh, our next game against Houston. Uh, in Houston on October 1st, uh, where we won our first NFL game. Uh, it was before a relatively small crowd, but uh, 